Okay, how's it going, everybody? I hope you're all doing well. And again, thanks for listening. Okay, so freedom is obviously a a powerful and tremendously important word. But what exactly do we mean by it? Well, I think any discussion of freedom has to at least start with an important distinction between types of freedom. And there are essentially two types. There is what's often called negative freedom, and then there is what's called positive freedom. Okay, so let's start with um, negative freedom. So negative freedom, as the political philosopher Isaiah Berlin says, is freedom from chains, from imprisonment, and from enslavement by others. So to seek freedom in this sense is to try to stop enslavement by others whose ends are theirs and not our own. So simply put, Negative freedom is freedom from. It's the absence of interference or coercion by others on our lives. Something, um, actually, that John Stuart Mill makes a powerful case for in his classic work, On Liberty. Okay, but there's another kind of freedom, too. There's what's called positive freedom. Now, positive freedom is not freedom from but it's freedom too. It's the freedom to pursue ends or goals that are our own. It's to achieve what it is we want. It's to be one's own master. It's to control one's own destiny. It's the power to do as we really wish. So, connected to a positive freedom is therefore a real sense of, of autonomy and of self-rule of ownership over our life and the projects in it. Okay, but um, notice something about this. So, notice that you can have negative freedom. That's to say, you can be free to the extent that uh, other people don't restrict what you do. But at the same time, you can totally lack any sense of freedom to do. Any sense of your, your destiny or your goal in life. And um, actually... You know who reminds me of this? Someone I've talked about before. Dostoevsky's Underground Man. You know, the, uh, the main character from the incredible novella Notes from the Underground. Now, in that story, the Underground Man has clearly secured his, um, his negative freedom. I mean, uh, he's completely isolated himself. He lives alone and essentially inside a hole in the wall. He's made sure that he's totally free from society and its dictates. But the problem is, is that, well, he's inside a hole in the wall. He's free from, but he's not free to do. He destroys, but he doesn't create. So this is why, in all his rambling, it's hard not to detect a personal desperation there a longing for connection and meaning. And actually, you know, this reminds me a little bit of what the the great psychologist Eric Fromm said. He said that freedom is difficult to face and to live out. And that's because it requires that we, we take responsibility. 
it means that we we don't try to escape the the complexities of life and give up being a member of our complicated societies. In other words, freedom isn't just freedom from the constraints and the demands of the social world. No, full and genuine freedom is freedom to do, to to move forward. It's doing what you consider to be to be good and to be right in the world and to uh, realize your larger vision. Actually, you know, the, the underground man's situation reminds me of another character in literature, one uh, less well-known, but uh, nevertheless, one who also struggles with this idea of um, positive freedom. Now, I'm thinking here of the, the central character from André Gide's great novel, The Immoralist, Michel. Michel is a, is a young, repressed, married academic from France who, who ends up in Tunisia, where he discovers a new freedom to just follow all of his desires and let go of everything he left behind. But the problem with him is that at the end of the day, despite all of his uh, alleged freedom, he doesn't know what he wants. He doesn't have a purpose. Although he's liberated himself, he's failed to to find a reason to live. I mean, he says it himself. He says, Maybe I have liberated myself, but so what? I find this empty liberty painful to bear. So uh, what's going on here? Well, first of all, clearly freedom as uh, as self-indulgence leaves one empty. Actually, there is no freedom without limitation or, or measure. A lawless freedom, complete license, is really no freedom at all. Real freedom is to be able to say no, to liberate oneself from, from those desires that have no internal limit or direction. Similarly, there's no freedom without a goal, without direction. I mean, freedom to quote the psychologist Rollo May, is to have a destiny. It's to get up in the morning with a goal, not with an infinite amount of choices, which, um, let's face it, is empty and so nothing but debilitating. As, uh, as May says, we should want only one thing and want it constantly. Then we will be sure of, of getting it. If we desire everything, we'll end up getting nothing at all. Well, something like this is part of the the problem with Michel. In Africa, he wakes up every morning with, uh, with no work and no responsibilities and no expectations on him. In this open landscape, there are no restrictions on his desires. And his desires are without direction and aim. So... All this works against him. It makes his freedom very difficult to bear. And I think there's one last thing going on here that explains Michel's despair. And that's this. There's little meaning in freedom conceived of in a vacuum, devoid of other people. And that's because it's precisely in our interactions with others, in our concern and our obligations to them, that value and purpose is created. There just is no meaningful freedom in isolation.
In fact, the path of isolation just often leads to self-destruction. Actually, I mentioned something a bit earlier that I think might need some emphasizing. I said that freedom without measure and without restriction on desire is no freedom at all. Now, that's important. And actually, it's maybe the the Greek philosopher Plato who's the best spokesman for it. You see, for him, what genuine freedom is, is when what he calls the, the rational or reasoning part of our soul is in control over the, the desiring part. In other words, when the part of us that's, that's responsible for good judgment rules over the uh, unruly parts of us, then we're truly free and autonomous, making decisions that are in the best interests of our life as a whole. On the other hand, when our, when our desires have taken control over the whole of our soul, then we're enslaved, being compelled to act in ways we do not choose, leaving us feeling regretful and lost. Now, that said, I should say that this sort of conception of freedom is not without its uh, potential problems. And this is something that the uh, political philosopher Isaiah Berlin warned us of, someone I I mentioned at the outset. You see, what he said was that if we go on to identify positive freedom with this this higher reasoning aspect of ourselves in opposition to this other lower desiring aspect, then there's a danger that we can abuse it politically. Actually, he argued that it has in fact been used to, to justify coercion. It's been used in this way. What people or certain groups or nations have argued is that real freedom is not freedom to do what's irrational or stupid. It's not to let your your desiring part rule. And so what they've done is they've forced other groups to follow their own so-called rational and better judgment dictates what they consider to be the single true solution. This is paternalism. It's to force people to be so-called free. And, in fact, what it can lead to, says Berlin, is to the greatest despotism imaginable. Ultimately, what impersonates freedom here is really just coercion and authoritarianism. And, uh, to be specific, what Berlin had in mind here was Nazi Germany and Stalinist Russia. Sure, they may have bandied about their slogans of freedom, but really what they did was just impose on their people a distorted conception of liberty, one where they deny them the freedom to decide what they think is best for themselves. This is nothing but a a fake conception of freedom and of reason, one designed not to truly serve people's best interests, but to justify their obedience. Thank you.